tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey everyone, tennis.com podcast here, 4th of July. Uh, we have the semifinals now set at Wimbledon. I'm Ed McGrogan here talking with Steve Tigner. We're going to run down uh, today's matches, also look ahead to tomorrow's women's semifinals. Uh, we just had a conclusion to the Andy Murray and David Ferrer match. Murray wins in four sets. Uh, three tiebreakers, which I think is kind of an interesting uh, part to this that he got through those crucibles, uh, you know, so well overall, especially after losing one in the first set. Um, Steve, we we just got finished really with this match here. What, what are kind of your initial impressions of of how Murray played and just uh, maybe Ferrer as well? Well, it was a great match. You know, everybody's talking about how how tough it was and how well played it was. You could see Murray at the end after they shook hands. He he really he looked tired, you know. He really showed it. He couldn't, he couldn't hide it. And in the interview afterwards, he he looked pretty tired. So that, that took a lot out of him. Ferrer, it seemed like for the first two sets that Ferrer was just, you know, Murray didn't seem to have a good answer for him. Ferrer was playing well. He wasn't missing anything. He was running everything down the way you expect, but but seemed even a little better than usual. Murray seemed like he would get in rallies and then finally do something a little desperately, like a drop shot or a or a big forehand that, that weren't working. Then. Then um, I think the obviously the key point was Ferrer got a little tight serving for the second set five four he missed a couple shots that he hadn't missed you know really hadn't been missing and that let Murray back in he was also Ferrer was also ahead in the tiebreaker Ferrer historically isn't great at tiebreakers he doesn't have the huge serve or the huge shots that, that can kind of take over in those nervous moments um, so Murray you know the big moment was Murray getting back in that second set tiebreaker and he really. You know, he showed a lot there. He, he was, it was sort of a come down to the moment when you couldn't lose, you know, either win there or basically lose the match, and, and, and he didn't. You have to feel that that might not have happened if it had been a, somewhere else. He really responded to this, to this moment well. Um, so overall, you know, maybe, maybe the match of the tournament so far. Yeah, maybe, or when you're talking about Murray, you know, getting out of that because it's here at Wimbledon, or you want, you do wonder still perhaps if it, if he was playing one of his traditional big three rivals there, if if they would have kind of let him off the hook there. I, I think overall for Murray, uh, what I saw today, there was, I think, some patches of play where he did kind of overly rely on that slice back, and I think Darren Cahill called him out on it, even a fan did during the match. It was kind of a pretty funny moment there. Um, a lot of drop shots, of course. But I think big picture, really, for him this match, um, th- there was, I think, some encouraging signs for people who really just have kind of imploring Murray to really head out in these in these moments. I think by the end, um, he was certainly getting a lot more, I think, bigger backhands. I think that's, of course, his better shot of the two of the two wings there. And he does end up finishing the match Getting his two match points with a big forehand, winning it with an ace, and I thought, um, I thought overall he, he he like you're saying he may have worn down Ferrer in a way that Ferrer tends to wear down many of his opponents here. So I thought, um, you know, for people looking to see what if Murray can finally, um, you know, live up to I guess his potential, this was probably one of the better matches they've seen from him at a Slam in a little while. Yeah, he hit he hit his big forehand at the end there. That was a huge shot. Um, and he generally hit it well through the match. And Ferrer did. I think Ferrer even got a little tired or just a little mentally tired late in the third set, which is it's pretty impressive if you can do that to Ferrer. That's a you know, pretty consistent effort. Yeah. Murray next is going to get uh, Joel Frisanga. Um, Sanga beats Cole Schreiber in 
four sets as well. Cole Schreiber um, turning into kind of kind of a, a grass court specialist in the way gave had a really good start to this match. Um, Murray against Sanga, they they just kind of showed the head to head on the screen. Murray's up actually five to one on him. Um, any maybe just quick thoughts about how about that one before we kind of move on? Yeah, uh, Murray's has won the last four times they played since the 08 Aussie Open, so that's on his side. Downside is he was tired at the end of this. He'll have a day off, but but um, that could come into play. The other factor is traditionally Murray's held, handled the pressure really well until the semifinals. When he played Roddick in the 09 semifinals, I felt like he he felt the pressure a little more and lost a match he probably should have won. And you know, when you get to that finish line, I feel like he he starts to you, know, you sense it. It's natural. He tightens up a little. We'll see if that happens against Sanga. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to get from Joe. It's, he had another up and down match today, but he seems better overall. He seems to still be sort of you know his career. He seems to be still getting improving and getting a little better at, at in these types of moments. So we'll we'll see. That's that's another you know that's another really tough match. He's getting certainly. I, I think it, at a minimum, he's definitely putting himself in the mix of the late rounds of these events more so than I think a lot of the other kind of flickering mm-hmm. contenders. You would say of the top three there. You see what happened to Burrich, for example, early on um, this tournament, of course. But um, yeah, that's that's the one semifinal, of course. The other. Federer, Djokovic, they they meet for the first time on grass, first time Wimbledon, of course, by saying that. Um, they'll now have met on every Grand Slam tournament. I'm sure it was probably every semifinal, too, the way these two kind of line up. They they both um, really cruise through their quarterfinals in straight sets. Um, Federer's overused me, I guess, easier by a nose. Um, you know, whatever you want to say about these matches really it's all already boiling down to you know the 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 match between these two of course and they'll probably go on first on uh friday i would predict because of the order today so it's federer djokovic again and i know you have a little a piece coming on that but just thoughts about maybe those two today and what we can look forward to well head to head you know it's it favors djokovic at the moment he's won six of their last seven he just beat him fairly easily in paris obviously it's a different surface and Federer, I think, wants this one more. He also doesn't have Nadal on the other side of the draw, so that's that's a motivation for both of these guys. I would give, I think, Federer, you, you know, he may stand his best chance against Djokovic on grass with that sort of sliding slice serve. Djokovic mentioned that today. That's something that Federer always uses well on grass, um, and he'll have to use that against Novak's return. Um, but you know, you, it's it's still tough. Fetters have some back problems. I still think at this stage you give you have to give Novak the edge just because of you know the the way they've played played out the way their matches have played out recently. Federer also, you look at the way he reacted to being down two sets to Julian Benito. He, he was fine with that, but he acted he reacted very differently when he was down two sets against Novak. He sort of caved or didn't believe in himself in that so this is that's what you know, that's what he's fighting this in, in this match is it, that he wouldn't be fighting in in his earlier matches just the belief that he can he can come back say if he gets behind against Novak 
the uh, the women's semis more immediate. That happens tomorrow. Of course, we're on schedule here with the tournament. Even you know, R- Roof is gonna. This tournament will finish on time. Of course, everything's kind of come together finally after even a little bit of rain today. But so the women's semis tomorrow, as as anticipated. Um, one, you have Serena against Azarenka. Um, these are, I guess, similar to the men's semis in some way, where you have one kind of expected really here, a big quarterfinal here, Serena and Azarenka. The other one, Kerber Radwanska. This one I think I'm thinking about a little more really just because of what I watched in Kerber Lazicki. Um I was actually very surprised to see Kerber end up out of that match considering what she what opportunity she let slip in the second set, losing match points and really had just kind of a sort of a woe is me attitude for a while. Radwanska you know, I think a, a player who can take advantage of that, possibly certainly a, a patient player, but um, but one who's really never been to this level, of course. So um, I, I do think Radwanska will win that one. And then Serena versus Azarenka, it's, you know, for me, it's it's certainly tough to bet against Serena, obviously, but in a way... It's we we have always seen Serena kind of stumble at some of these unexpected points, um, but I would still go with Serena, of course, in this too. And uh, you know, that's my kind of pick for the final right now: Serena and Radwanska. Yeah, I think that's a fair pick. Serena um, Azarenka has played Serena pretty tough in the past, the Australian Open a couple times, and where she had when she was ahead of her, and they had a really good match at last year's U.S. Open. Serena won all of those, though, and she won. She just beat her pretty easily in Madrid a couple months ago. So, uh, and also Serena's form is really good right now. She beat defending champ Kavita the last round. But Azarenka is, is playing well. You still have to go with Serena on the other side. That's a little more random. Each of these, each Kerber and Radwanska, both trying to make their first Wimbledon final. I doubt either of them really expected to be in this position, particularly Kerber. Um, but Redwanska is also going for number one in the world, so she's you know she's the more she's the better bet. She's the more more the one that's really more for real in the in the long run. Kerber has been improving rapidly, uh, but Kerber has played the better. I think has played some really good tennis. She beat Kleisters badly, and before she had her meltdown against Lasicki, she was she was playing really well in that match. She almost won the third set without trying in a way. Lasicki gave it back to her. But um, just on steadiness, I think you would you would take Red Wineska. Okay, uh, for Steve Tinger, thank you for that, and uh, we'll of course be with you throughout the rest of the rest of the four days of the tournament. Reports from Pete Bodo in London, and of course analysis commentary from us here in the states. So thank you for listening, Tennis.com podcast. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.